Hello everybody, welcome to your Liverpool FC podcast, I'm Andy Kelly, I'm joined by Neil Jones, Christian Walsh and making his debut on the pod, uh, Paul Philbin. Um, well, that was pretty dreadful, wasn't it? Um, probably no one wants to talk very much about the Reds today, but um, we'll go and try to make some sense of what was a dreadfully disappointing evening for everybody uh, uh, you know, in red. Uh, Jonesy, come to you first. Um, it was probably the performance that many people feared might happen, but were hopeful that, you know, with the team lineup, that it would be it would be a different sort of incarnation we'd see. Yeah, yeah. I think if you look at what we all debated in the in the run up to the game, we all sort of a lot of people pushed for Danny Ings to play, and a lot of people pushed for an extra striker to come into the team, and you know, probably wanted that solidity to remain as well but a little bit more attacking threat and I think they got the worst of both worlds with it the solidity wasn't there and the attacking threat didn't emerge and yeah I mean it was I've, I've spoken to a couple of people since and you know we've got John Aldridge's column going on tonight and one of the things he says is it's the worst first half of, a, of clubs of Liverpool and Manchester United stature that he's ever seen and I don't think many people could argue with that it was it was turgid and from a, at least from a United perspective, it got a bit better, but for Liverpool, it, it, it never, it never really caught on. Really, really, really disappointing. Christian, Liverpool set themselves out to be, you know, the, the way Brendan Rodgers set up the team was to be hard to beat and then hopefully be able to nick something. And that, you know, as a strategy, you know, it's not, it's not a far out strategy. Many teams go to that, uh, go away from home and uh, and try and do that. Lots of teams do it at Anfield. Um, but for this Liverpool team, and in terms of the players you put on the pitch, um, it was a strategy that didn't work. But is it one that was flawed from the outset, or just one that was flawed in execution? I think. Mean, well, I think there's two things really. I, I think first of all, if you if you're going to nick one on the break, as, as obviously Rodgers was trying to do, you do need the players out there who've got the pace and the ingenuity and you know the, the incisiveness. Uh, the only two players who really have anything like that, you would argue, are Ings and um, Firmino in that in that side. Uh, you know, obviously Ings would have been used to doing that a little bit of Burnley, and then obviously you've got Firmino who Liverpool haven't seen much of him yet, but you'd imagine he can be that sort of player who can get the ball, turn, and, and, and set off an attack. The problem is they were they were essentially auxiliary wing backs at points because Liverpool were so deep and so rigid and so structured. So. You know, first and foremost, you got the two players who maybe can help Liverpool nick a goal playing out wide on the periphery, not really getting involved whatsoever. The second problem is when you, when you if you're going to play defensively and, and with this three-quarter block, low block, whatever Brendan likes to call it, that's all well and good, but most of that defence has got a mistake in them. And you saw that against uh, against Manchester United. Mignolet still does from time to time. You know he's much improved over 2015. He's got a mistake in him. You've got Skirtle and Lovren who certainly have mistakes in them. And obviously, you know, young Joe, Joe Gomez. He's only 18, and I think he's one of Liverpool's better players. But his age will naturally lend to you know a few moments like you saw with the uh, with the Herrera penalty. You can play absolutely fantastic defensive football for 60 minutes and then go. We'll look to get one on the break now in the last 30. But if any one of those can make a lapse in concentration or make the wrong decision, it all it all crumbles. That's the problem with Liverpool at the moment in general, is that they concede one. It's never looking likely they'll get the equaliser. It's much more likely that the other team will get the second. 
Paul, you were in the away end at Old Trafford on uh, Saturday night. Um, t- talk us through how the feeling you got from the fans in terms of what was unfolding before their eyes during the game and sort of at half time perhaps. And we'll talk about the end of the game uh, in a second maybe. But in terms of how the team was set up to get a result, I mean, I'm sure you've been to Old Trafford with the Reds many times. We all have. Um, you know, how did you think the fans viewed the setup of the team? A lot of fans thought that United were there for the taking and that we should have went there to go at them and when you saw the lineup, we thought, oh yeah, we might be having a go and it was the total opposite, there was nothing going forward and at half-time the fans were questioning what Rogers' plans were and rightly so because there was nothing, I don't think we had a shot in the first half um, what I do want to mention is how much of a miss Jordan Henderson is and people aren't talking about that enough. He, the two games he's missed, the part, well, Arsenal he missed, which was a great performance, but West Ham and Manchester United, we've missed them a lot. Um, but yeah, a lot of the fans going into the game thought that we had a chance to nick something and as the game went on it was obvious that it weren't going to happen. Jonesy, how much of a mitigation is the absence of... We've got, we're missing Jordan Henderson, the, the club captain. We're missing For that game, we were missing Philip Coutinho, that's probably the, the best player and certainly the most creative player in, in the team. Um, um, you know, is, Are there excuses for the sort of performance we saw, or is it that simply unacceptable? No, there's no excuses for the performance. There's, there's mitigation in terms of maybe that you, you haven't got the goals or the, the end product in the penalty area because if you think about it, Liverpool are missing the captain, they're missing the best creative player, they're missing the best goal scorer in Daniel Sturridge and a £25 million attacking player in Adam Lallana. So that, I mean, that, that's four big absentees and most teams would, would find an issue with missing out on those players. But that doesn't mean that your three centre midfielders can't play a five-yard pass or, a, or that you, you know, your, your centre-backs can be worried to the extent that Liverpool's are or that your goalkeeper takes an age over, over kicks. That, that's got nothing to do with Philip Coutinho being in the team or Jordan Henderson. I mean, I felt for Benteke on the day because he was up there and he was competing. And I, I've seen the stats and he won his, he won his share of headers. He, 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 you know, he, I didn't give the ball away too much when he, when he, he got it, managed to get it down. There was, there was chasms between Benteke and, and his nearest support player. I mean, Ings, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Ings, and I thought he, he tried manfully to, to do something to try and help it, and you know he got into a couple of scoring positions. But it just felt, it felt like, felt to me like the manager was making a concession to the need to get someone in, but wasn't willing to go whole hog with his decision and, and go with two up front. He was making a sort of semi-concession. Okay, well I've put an extra striker in, but I'm going to ask him to do a sort of semi deck out roll wide and it's, it's, you may as well you may as well have a, a specialist player doing that you, know, you may as well have an Alberto Moreno doing that who's uh, who's going to be a natural defender because that was all that was all he was being asked to do it was just there wasn't a, you know I, I, I'll always try to be fair and I'll always try to be objective and uh, as, as even handed as possible but I can't I can't give them too much of an excuse for the for the performance it was it was the, the, the players on the pitch, I mean, Neil touched upon it there. It seems set up for me. I think Gary Neville might set this to play a more narrow diamond. And you, and you look at Manchester United's midfield set up. You've got Schweinsteiger, you've got Herrera, and you've got Carrick. Now, they're all very talented players, but one thing they haven't got is pace. And the one thing that they would have struggled with is bodies around them driving forwards on the counter. 
that rather than it, for me it was picking a system over a team if that makes sense it, it, it's you've got Ings wide left when he should be central you've got Firmino wide right where maybe he should be central Milner and Chan didn't really seem to you know they didn't gel together they didn't know what the roles were but you know keeping that clean sheet and being rigid seems to be absolutely paramount to everything else I, I think as well if you look back over Rodgers' time at Liverpool and Old Trafford I think Liverpool have had a good go in all of the games apart from that one and you think back to the one they lost 2-1 where a little bit unlucky there they, they, they lost I think Vidic scored just got the winner that game and Sturridge scored his first off the bench, yeah. off the bench yeah. and scored and he, would, he could have got something out of that game he had a good go second half the, the League Cup game they lost I thought they were by far the better team but they lost to a, a, a goal from the set um, he battered them the following season you know, later in the season in the league and last season even though they got beat deep it was sort of a bit of almost like a bit of a cathartic nature to the performance because they came out and they thought Oh, you know what? You know, they got beat there. They, they got beat because they didn't have a very good goalie and they made defensive errors. But they, they could, on another day, Sterling could have had a hat trick and Balotelli could have had a couple and all that. The hair had a world class game. So there was always a little bit of sort of Liverpool standing toe to toe at United. And you'd understand them not doing that against a great United team of your Keane and Scholes and your Beckham where you go and you think, if we get a point here, it's a good result. United, you're looking at that team and you're looking at the way they played and you're thinking, a lot of teams would have beaten United or certainly got something from the game. Paul, which brings me on to the thought that, you know, Brendan Rodgers, we all thought could set up a team to attack but had problems perhaps setting up a team to defend you know has he now in an effort to obviously take the side forward you know has he has he sort of doubted himself and actually you know in trying to take the team forward he's, he's only you know to a certain extent he's taken it backwards and so you know our creativity's you know they're very poor at the moment not you know what is it three goals in five games in the league um you know is the manager doubting himself and is that is, is that one of the problems of what we're seeing well the three goals that we've scored this season two individual bits of brilliance and then a goal which may or may not have been offside and we're not creating much at all um, whether that's down to Rodgers wanting to become more defensive or not I don't know but there's, that sharpness isn't there when going forward Last season we leaked a lot of goals and Rodgers was questioned by a lot of people and rightly so and it's the same so far this season. It seems as if he's trying to be more reserved with his selection and there's no creativity going forward and it's going to hurt us. Neil, we can't... It'd be madness to sit here and not talk about the manager because fundamentally it's what the vast majority of Liverpool fans seem to be talking about. We've all seen social media. Uh, you know, there's, you know, Rogers out is virtually, you know, so much of it is out there. You know, Liverpool as a team, as a club, have traditionally prided themselves on a sort of a continuity from within the club, you know, bootroom culture. And also the fans have generally uh, prided themselves on a sort of, uh, you know, loyalty to managers. You, you, you won't hear that you know, you know, calls, you know, songs about the manager to, to go and everything else. That we're reading them on our computers on our phones every day. Um, where does where does the manager go from here in terms of and how he wins the fans back to an extent where he can continue in his role? 
is it just about you know firing them up getting these players to gel and winning games and you know do you think that if he can start to win games that he can convince enough of the fans whereby that you know he and the fans and the club can go forward together yeah it's, a, it's the big question it's isn't the it? big question yeah I, listen there's people there's people who will never win over Brendan Rodgers and you just got you've got to accept that he I'm sure he has accepted that that there are certain elements of support that will never be convinced by him as a Liverpool manager and never have been convinced by him as a Liverpool manager fair enough that's their opinion that's the, you know some people share it some people don't I I fear for him at the moment in terms of I think the worst thing he can do is what he's doing at the moment and that is abandoning his natural instinct of how to set the team up I think if Liverpool were losing games 4-3 and were, were losing games because of just because of Dejan Lovren making an error or Sam and Mignolet flapping at the corner or a dodgy refereeing decision there wouldn't be these there wouldn't be these anger, you know sort of growing um, cries for his head but I think the way that Liverpool are losing there's nothing that fans can take out of the last two games you can't go home and say do you know what you know we got beat there but he was good or the back four looked good or the, the midfield looked good it's all it's all been bad um, but my, my fear for Brendan is if he continues down that road it's it gives every other team encouragement to come to Anfield because they think well we're not going to be we're not going to be run over by Liverpool but we're going to be in the game at all the time you think Norwich coming Sunday they're going to be in the game to, you know for, for a long period you'd imagine and you'd it, it's just a snowball effect. It just keeps going and going. And my, my I mean, I, you know, who am I to give the, the manager of Liverpool advice? But if I was, if I was to give him advice, it would be remember what, remember what, you know, got you good results at Liverpool. And it was always front foot. It was always attacking. It was always a system that was set up to beat other teams, not a system that was set up to to limit the damage. Christian, we've got we've got obviously the Bordeaux game in between. We'll speak about that in a second. But Norwich on Sunday now, it feels you know for the sixth game of the season, it feels like an absolute must win for certainly for for the, for the manager in terms of needing to see a performance from his players that says we're playing for you, we're playing for the club, and you know. Norwich obviously got a good result on the weekend. They'll come with confidence to Anfield. Uh, they seem to have a good young manager themselves. Um, but you know, no bones about it. Liverpool have just got to get out there and try and blitz them on Sunday, haven't they? I think they've got to win, and they've got to win well. You know, I, I, I don't think uh, a performance akin to the one against Bournemouth will be enough. I, you know, I certainly, certainly not the West Ham game. Um, you know, Liverpool after at some point, Liverpool and Brendan Rodgers after after making statements about what they're meant to be about this season. Now, newly promoted side at home, six games in is is surely the time to do that. And yeah, you know, Norwich have started very well. Alex Neil's really impressive young manager. He seems to be doing very well with what what essentially the squad that came up with this, uh, at the end of last season, but. At the end of the day, if Liverpool have, won't have any sort of design of, of challenging in the top four this season. This is the sort of game where they don't they don't only win, but but they win well. Um, you know, it's it's obviously we're still at the stage of the season where people say results matter more than performance. But such has been the start for Liverpool performance-wise that the performance is going to start coming as well now. So I mean, 
you're obviously looking a little bit further ahead to that as well. You know, after this uh, Bordeaux game, I believe Liverpool have got four home games on the bounce, three or four, is it? Four, yeah. Four, four, two, two in the cup, one in the League Cup, one in the Europa, Europa, Europa League, and two at home. I mean, this is a real chance for for Brendan Rodgers to to have that liberty, if if you will, of of of, of nailing down his best team. I know there's injuries and whatnot, but there's a chance to really nail down his best team and the best way of playing. And it certainly isn't the way they've been playing this season. You asked Andy, sorry, yeah, before we carry on. You asked what he's got to do. To, to keep the ball from the door, if you like, I think Liverpool have got to be in the top four or in in the race for the top four all the time. I can't I can't see Liverpool if he gets to three, four, five, six points away from the top four. I think he's in big trouble because I think it's such a state of aim and there's no outstanding teams in this league other than Manchester City at the moment. There's no teams that you you think if they get ahead of you, you can't catch. But you, if Liverpool are playing the way they are, there are teams like Leicester, there are teams like Crystal Palace, there are teams like Swansea who, who are going to be, they're going to be heading away from Liverpool. You know, and Everton. You know, teams that you think, wow, you know, you'd expect Liverpool to finish above them. But look at it now. Look at the way the season started. I think Liverpool have got to be right in the mix all season, like they were two years ago when they got a good start and they built it. They can't, they can't let the gap go because I think, I think it could be, it could be a terminal decline if they let a gap build up. It was, you know, at the start of his first season, obviously, he had a, you know, there was a lot of time given to him because of, you know, I'm writing the show. Uh, but, but people, who, people even back then were saying, oh, Swansea are above us, yeah. um, you know, so and so are above us, you know, Liverpool are tenth. How, how, you know, how has it come to this? You know, last season it sort of happened with you know a couple of teams milling rounds and eighth and ninth and you know not you know you know let's be fair average sides above Liverpool in December, but you know four seasons in and after the way that season ended last season, I, ju- I just think that that as Neil says that can't happen this time. Liverpool can't get to November and have Swansea and Crystal Palace with the greatest respect to them. And, and Norwich, you know, Norwich on the same points as, as Liverpool. They don't look capable of pulling back a gap like that at the moment. Certainly not. This, this is the problem, isn't it? Because in your mindset, and you look at the calendar, you look who you've got coming up, and if you had a, a confident Liverpool playing well, you'd go Norwich at uh, home, yeah, yeah, nailed on three. Villa coming up, of course you've got the knowledge that they've done well at Anfield the last couple of years, you know, but you think Villa, you know, you can always beat them and we've you know, we've bought their their best striker to, you know, uh, try and help that cause. But actually now, when you've got a team that's so inconsistent, a team that's so lacking in terms of identity, in terms of what is our best team, who is this team, um, you look at everything on the calendar and go, actually, you know, they're playing pretty decent. They could do uh, give us problems, or if they come and sit, we'll have problems breaking them down. Paul, I wanted to speak about you know how on the coach home, how how were the lads feeling in terms of, especially the moderates among the fans. You know, Rogers himself always admitted there'd be some that would never go for him. You know, and you, you see them, they call him a fraud, never won anything, all not good enough for Liverpool. And, and you know that that opinion is out there. There's those who will back the manager no matter what. And that's you know the, the, those right there, and it's the ones in the middle are the crucial swing voters, if you like, who will decide his future probably. Um, especially among the moderates, you know, I remember after Stoke, it felt like uh, the end of the last season. It felt like the moderates sort of swung, you know, that that's just unacceptable. That's probably finished. And the the owners spoke, had their review, felt there was mitigation, and backed him again with money. 
Um, and Saturday's performance almost felt again a little bit of a mini Stoke to a certain extent. Like there was a lot of the moderates sort of he lost them with that performance. Never mind the result because as Jonesy was saying, I think it was more about the manner of the performance, wasn't it? What was the mood on the on the coach home? The feeling on the coach was deflation. Everyone was deflated. It was horrible for me. It felt worse than Stoke. I it was a feeling of oh where we go again. It's just the same. For the next few months, it was terrible. And um, there's one lad on the coach, I'm not going to mention his name, but he is backed Rogers 100%. And even he's turned around and said, maybe it's time for him to go. And to hear it from him, of all people, like, really said, yeah, maybe the tide is turning. And it feels that way. Old Stafford, you never see fans leaving so early. Even when we got pulled one back. There was a handful that come back into the ground. They'd gone. 65 minutes, they were off the ground. And, uh, Which is an incredible thing to say for that yeah. for that game, isn't it? Yeah. Even a 2-0 down, even though we weren't playing well, normally there's a unity in defiance to get behind the side and try and pull it back, but they weren't, they weren't there. It was as if everyone would give up and, oh, let's get out of here as quick as we can. I mean, it's fair enough to say it's, you know, it's, it is only five games into the season, but I think a big problem... For a, for a lot of supporters, and uh, you know, is the reality that it's been like this for twenty odd games now, and <laughs> this this is the it, it, you know we talk we, we talk about hangovers last season with regards to 2013-14, well, and you know this is with the idea that Liverpool have got seven points out of fifteen they did win the first two games, but certainly the way the team was set up and the performances, it's very much a hangover to last season. It is, and I think this is absolutely crucial because in terms of how you view things, one is, do you see it as this season merely an extension of last season? And the, problem, and the, and the key reason people do is because the performances have been very similar in yeah. their sort of you know, failure to fire and just lacking in passion and that sort of vibe, lacking in chances and, and things like that. Uh, or do you see that last, there's a split, they draw a line under last season, and you start anew with some fresh players and uh, you know new coaching staff at the, at the back. So in other words, we are five games in. You would expect new players to struggle to gel. Um, and therefore, in that scenario, and if that's the FSG scenario, then it's unthinkable that they would at this stage call time on Brendan Rodgers because they want they have to to a certain extent give him time to to show what the squad that he's put together in his image now, you know, the transfer committee, you can pretty much, he's, he's managed to get rid of a lot of those players, you know, this is his team now, he's got to show what it can do, and probably would their view be that, you know, he hasn't, that team hasn't had enough time to, to, to show what it can do in the long run. Well, I think, I think, to answer your first question about drawing the line or, or seeing it as a continuation, you've got, you've got to take last season into account. Because he would have lost, in my opinion, Brendan Rodgers would have lost his job had he not had the season before last. If if his first season and his third season had come one after the other, he'd lost his job at Liverpool. But he didn't because he had the mid-season in the middle. So if he can take the credit over, carry the credit forward for the season that he had that was good, he has to take the, deb the debit of the, the season that was bad into this season. So... What you're looking for, aren't you? You know, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. It would be absurd of FSG, and it'd be a massive admission of their own failings if they were to give Brendan Rodgers carte blanche to restructure his coaching staff, 
realign the team, make big money signings of players that he rates and, and trusts, and then to, to pull the plug after five games when they've only, you know, if you if you're going to go cold hard facts, they're three points off third place in the Premier League, so that would be that would be an absurd U-turn from from the owners. But what you're looking for with this is you're looking for the hope, the signs of hope, and you're looking for the the progress and you're looking for the difference that, that that's been made from last season and what's there what what, what what's different I, I i wrote after the first game when he played stoke i thought he looked a bit more like a team i thought he looked like a little team that was going to dog it out and i think I, I stand by that he did he, he defended you know untidily but but effectively against stoke and got and got a good result a very good result and then you look at west ham at home and you go well what what was different about that i've seen i've seen hundreds of them them games in anfield where the, the the problems are the same, and you look at Old Trafford and you look at what's going on there. And the, 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 the most annoying thing is this is a great chance, and I think I really do think it's a great chance for Liverpool to finish with one or two teams that are in that top four. I don't, I don't think I don't think that any of them are outstanding other than City at the moment. And so, can you afford to let that chance go further and further away, or do you do you take a, a quick hit on it? So I think. The next few games are absolutely crucial. Liverpool have got to keep themselves in touch, both for their own season and for the, the future of the manager. I mean, I, I don't believe uh, FSG was, was even contemplated at this point no. um, whatsoever. The problem that that, that if, if, if the season continues in the vein that it has, not necessarily in points but in performance, although points obviously wouldn't exact, exact, exactly extrapolate to, to much more than 50 odd. Um, but you know, if it continues in this vein, the, the, the big issue that that will face Liverpool and, and its fans really is that it'll get into that situation where everyone knows the manager's on borrowed time and, and they've had those situations with uh, to, to a degree Kenny Dalglish Rafa certainly Rafa Julia as well Julia, definitely uh, even Roy Evans Sooners you know and it's a wasted season uh, the morale is down it, it feels like it's just an ambulance towards nothingness so that's that's something else to consider. You know, if he gets to December and, and he's in the he's in the same situation as he was back in December last year, I don't think that's going to be enough. I don't think he'll have the time to turn it round this time. Paul, just a bit look forward then in terms of trying to turn it around. We go to Bordeaux Thursday night. Uh, I know you're dusting down the passport and heading over there. Uh, what team would you expect to be seeing uh, take the field? In terms of, you know, it's a tricky one now. We know Bordeaux a very good side at home, um, a very good record there. Um, but we also know that the Europa League uh, generally hasn't been seen as a, you know, a real priority for for Liverpool. But in the current situation, does Brendan Rodgers need to have a look at some players to see? Uh, and I'm thinking of the likes of Sacco, who he's obviously, you know, he hasn't favoured at the start of the season, much to uh, with much controversy around that decision. Uh, and, and a few other players we haven't seen much of we need to get them out there and see whether they can make a claim for a first team place but all the, at the same time still getting a result over there as well well it can't be much worse than what it is at the minute so making a few changes is probably the best thing to do the likes of Firmino Chan Milner, I'll keep them in the side maybe even Benteke but the likes of Sacco, Moreno Rigi, they also come in, give them a chance, and the Bordeaux game feels like a must-win now, and maybe a few changes, change the system, that could help, and it 
could be a good thing going forward to see a few of these players who've spent most of the season on the bench so far given the chance and they might take a claim for Sunday. I mean, Jones, we always felt, regardless of what the first 11 was, we felt that the business Liverpool did in the summer definitely had to give their squad a stronger yeah. feel. Uh, a few of those have gone off on loan, and some of the players, your Markovic's, your Lurie's, perhaps players we expected that would be part of a Europa squad that could then potentially be, be putting their names forward for the first team, have you know, gone off on loan, uh, potentially, you know, with the Lurie never to come back if Villa fancy him. Um, so, you know, who are the players perhaps you're looking forward to seeing on Thursday who could maybe stake a clue? I, th- I think, yeah, I think Paul touched on a few of them. I think the, the two left footers will have to come in. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, of all the things that Brendan's done this season, not playing a left footer for the... I don't think a left footer started a game for Liverpool this season, which is... It, it's, ab- it's, it's absurd, <laughs> if you, you know, especially at home. And you need to stretch the pitch, and you, you you sort of you come in and you can complain about teams playing a low block. But if you're if you're coming in field, then it's your own fault, isn't it? The, the way around the low block is that round the outside. But I, I both of them to come in, and I, I, I you know I, like I'm sure a lot of Liverpool fans will share this view. The best case scenario is that both of them do do something on Thursday and, and play their way back into the team because I think Liverpool need need that balance. They need they need at least one of them to come into the side on a regular basis. I'd like to see I get get the start because you know he's had a bit of unfair stick in my opinion for the couple of substitute appearances and a, you know a, sl- a sluggish start for the season. But th- this is an exciting player. Let's not let's not let's not kill him before he's got you know had a chance to, to show what he can do. Come on against United, look lively, he's involved in the goal, nearly got one himself. So I'd like to see him play and give us a bit of width. Um, probably I'd probably go Origi on one of the other sides as well. You know. Played in France, but played against Bordeaux last season. And we'll, you know, know the league, know these players, and things like that. So that that would be one. I think Firmino has to play because I think he needs the games, he needs the minutes, and I think Chan needs the minutes in midfield because one thing that's struck me in the first five games of the season is this is a player who doesn't have a clue where he's playing in terms of where he needs to be on the pitch. So he needs to learn his role, and the only way to do that is by being in game scenarios. Um, other than that. I wouldn't change the goalie. I, I, I know I know Bogdan will, will need to play at some point, but I don't think Liverpool can afford to lose a game because of a reserve team goalie making a the rift. They need to they need to keep a, some semblance of the first team. So I, I would go very close to what Paul suggests. Maybe maybe Milner's still in. Um, maybe maybe Scale still in. Klein and the goalie, and then maybe change the others around them. Cause he rushed, sir. Uh, you know, I, he, he might be the yeah. one. He might be, he might be the Lucas surprise, maybe. possibly. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't really discuss it on the United performance, but that absence of a, a local player in the team—I mean, it's been talked about. But you know, if you desperately wanted someone to put in a, in a challenge, and you sort of think he's a young lad, and it's a lot to put on his shoulders, Rossiter. But um, you know, he—he's so—he's so sort of enthusiastic as a player, and but with a great head on his shoulders. Um, you know, you think that it would be a really good chance to, you know, give him give him some further experience. I think you know, it's probably one you could come in for, isn't it? I'd always say as well, it's that's been Brendan's way, hasn't it? When there's been a little bit of trouble, a young player does tend to emerge into that sort of scenario. You know, you think back to to Wisdom and Shelby and Sterling and Suso when they were all they were all lashed in when they, they were struggling for strikers and things like that. Then you know, you think of. Even Flanagan in a way, you know, 
if there's one place where you'd probably say that the two places it'd be your centre back and your centre midfielder, so it's a, it's a massive call. But he's got, as you say, he's got the head for it. Christian, looking at Norwich, just to wrap up, really, it'd be good to see. Um, you know, it's a Sunday game, obviously, with with the Europa League Thursday scenario. Liverpool fans will be made up. You can watch match of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, the, it'd be good to see. You know, forget everything else. Forget the manager. Forget. It would just be good to see a full Anfield making some proper noise and getting behind the team along a manner of look. We're Liverpool. We're going to go and win this game. We're better than you, and we really need to win it. And we're gonna end off. But that that will come from the performance on the pitch, and more importantly than the fans saying that. I think it's important that the team and the manager say that first and foremost. Right, Norwich. We're going to win Sunday. End off. Um, <laughs> well, not Louis Suarez. This is this is well, yeah. That takes about twelve goals against Norwich over or whatever. Um, well, look, um, we look forward to Thursday. We look forward. Fingers crossed to Sunday. Thanks for listening. Um, this has been your Liverpool FC podcast. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.